Hi, and welcome to AGM Watch, brought to you by the Australian Shareholders Association. Coming up on the 23rd of October 2020 is the Qantas AGM. Our company monitor is Alan Golden, who also happens to be the chairman of the association. G'day, Alan. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Phil. It's good to see you. So Qantas. Qantas is the company that's been hardest hit by COVID-19. Tell us about the scale of this disruption. Uh, as most of us know, it has been huge, uh, both in a financial and in a human cost. Financially, the company has went from a profit last year of about $840 million to a loss of $2 billion this year. So financially, it has been a disaster. The human cost, well, that has been horrific. So many, so many people have lost their jobs, haven't they? It's it's horrible. Uh, At least six thousand people have lost their jobs. At the moment, there is twenty thousand that are what they call stood down, who may or may not have the jobs. Of those twenty thousand, two thousand five hundred are the ground crew, and there's separate negotiations happening at the moment with the ground crew. So no one knows what's going to happen. The other 17,500, hopefully they're going to have a job when everything goes back to normal. But when is normal going to be? They've received substantial financial relief from the government. And this is helping their financial position at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, look, it's, it's helped all the way along, even with that loss. They received about $525 million from the government. Half of that was from JobKeeper. Um, the other half was because of freight contracts that they're doing for the government, some assistance that the government made to keep essential routes ongoing. Well, that 525 is last financial year, so it's the end of June. Since then, they would have continued to receive money. Exactly how much, I'm not sure. JobKeeper would have probably still been at the same level because they still haven't gone back to normal. And they're just about profitable at this stage, aren't they? Yeah, look, at, at the moment, because they did massive cost cutting, as we know, we've all saw pictures of, a lot of their planes are now sitting in the desert in New Mexico, and they're going to be there for probably three years. Um, so they cut costs immediately, took a lot of big hits with the directors and and, and the senior executives, who do get a lot of money, it's, you know, let's be quite clear about that but they took big hits they cut costs everywhere they're only flying about 20 under 25 percent of the normal load cut off a lot of routes but with the cost cutting with the money they're getting from the government they're they're basically just keeping you know just basically treading water at the moment yeah Yep, and presumably a lot of those costs would have been the employment costs as well. Sure, a lot, of, a, a lot yeah. is the employment. A lot, of course, also has to do with, with the airplanes. They're in massive negotiations about planes that they're leasing. Are they going to sell some planes? You know, it's, it's all still up in the air. But the problem, of course, that Qantas has is they're not unique. This is happening to airlines all the way around the world. So it's not like the other airlines are saying, they say, oh, whoa, we want to buy your planes. Yeah. <laughs> There's no market for them at all. Exactly. And um, you mentioned as well that the A380s won't be coming back. Yeah. Why is that? At least three years. They just aren't going to be required for the runs that is going to be happening in the near future. Because of the capacity. Because of the capacity. No one knows exactly what the capacity is going to be, but that's the assumption at the moment that they're going to be able to operate without those planes. Another question that um, we hear from members is why 
isn't Qantas flying Aussies back from overseas? Yeah, look, it's a good question. comes down to entirely cost. At the moment, the planes that are bringing Australians in, the average number of passengers is under 30. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to go and fly a plane to England with who knows how few people that are allowed to leave Australia on that plane and then fly back with a small number. It's just financial suicide. So unless the government's going to step in and say, we're going to go and pay the costs of going, then it's not going to happen, which, of course, the government did do. If you remember early in COVID, Qantas flew people in from uh, South America. Uh, I think they flew them in from India, flew in from a few places. But that was being subsidized by the government. Do you have any sense of how long the recovery in uh, Qantas's profitability will be coming up? Without making any predictions about the future, of course. Yeah, look, (laughs) um, besides the fact that ASA doesn't do that, I really couldn't, and I don't think anyone can. I heard on the radio today that Britain seems to be in a second wave, looking like it could be worse than their first wave. So obviously one of the places they fly to a lot is the United Kingdom and the United States. What's happening there? Who knows? Yeah, that's the future, isn't it? One of the things that many people know about Qantas, besides the planes, is they've always talked about how much money Alan Joyce gets. Mm-hmm. He, for many years, he was one of the highest paid CEOs in Australia. And he took home up to $25 million a year. Last year, in fact, he took home $11 million, fell down. This year, because of what's happening and because of sacrifices he's done, he'll take home uh, about $2.5 million. Mm. A lot of money, but compared to what he was doing before, that's just sort of, it's an example of of some of the hits that they have been taking personally, which is, you have to to go and and say that the board of of Qantas and the senior executives of, of Qantas very much you know, took uh, the, prime, the Prime Minister at his word and, you know, shared the pain. They've been exemplary in uh, sharing yeah. the pain, really, haven't they? Yeah, they really have been yeah. good. I mean, again, you know, I'm not going to overemphasize that we're talking about rich people, but, you know, they still are doing a job. They still deserve the money that they get, but they've taken very big cuts. And the association is hoping that um, Alan Joyce has got the stamina and the enthusiasm to carry everyone through this period. Look, it's very interesting. I mean, Alan Joyce is obviously a very controversial figure in Australia, has been for a number of years, particularly when he grounded the airline a number of years ago during a pilot's dispute. He's someone who's been willing to take the tough decisions. Qantas has been looked like it was on the bones of its ass a few times in the last 10 years. They were looking really good last year. They're looking very good at the beginning of this year. But he's been there 12 years. The board has just given him a contract for another three years. For 15 years, are you going to have the enthusiasm, the drive, the same as you did that first year in the job? Very hard to think that someone will. Sure, Qantas board is hoping it. Qantas shareholders are hoping it. We'll just have to wait and see. And and also, is there going to be a replacement in the wings? Well, it becomes pretty hard when you've been in that role for so long. 
are you going to stay there as the number two or number three or whatever in a company, knowing that you want to be the number one, don't know when the number one is going to leave, other job offers come along and you go for them. Let's move on to the voting intentions. Sure. The first several voting intentions are to do with re-electing members of the board. Is there any controversy in the re-election of any board members? Yeah, the only one we have any question about is Michael Lestrange. And that has to do with his shareholding. Um, It is lower than we would like. ASA believes that if a director has been in the role for three years, they should own equity, or have bought equity, I should say, equivalent to what their base salary is after you know after a three-year period now Qantas has a policy that has to be over five years that is a new policy that they brought in so his shareholding is very low by our terms so we'll be asking him is he going to increase his shareholding saying that Qantas has actually done something really good last year which is suspended over COVID and, and they're one of the very few ASX 200 companies to do this. And they have put in place a plan that directors can go and sacrifice part of their fees and in return get equity for it. Because if you're a director of a company, you can only purchase shares during specific times of the year. So it can be very difficult. So this way, what happens is that money is sacrificed from your fees. And then when the secretariat sees it's able, they just go and buy the shares. So it's a good way of directors getting up that shareholding without having that wonderful excuse, well, we wanted to buy, but we just didn't have an opportunity. The next thing to be voted on is the long-term incentive plan for Alan Joyce, getting back to the CEO. Yeah, look, we voted against this last year. In fact, I'm trying to remember the last time we didn't vote against it. It is, it's actually not for the total amount of money he gets because it's equity. So what it is, is the value of those shares by the time that they vest. He does get a lot of uh, performance rights, um, very high number, uh, about the highest in Australia. I'm just trying to think of someone else. This year, he'll get 230% of his base salary. So it's very high. And they're doing that. So he's looking at the long term. Now, our first problem that we have with the long-term incentive is it's measured over three years. We just do not see three years as being long-term. Remember, this company is 100 years old. They keep planes for 20 years. So how is three years a long-term? So we have a problem with that. However, because it's for Alan Joyce and no one expects him to be there for longer than three years, probably makes some sense. The actual criteria they look at is total shareholder return, TSR. We like TSR. They do it under two different categories. One is looking at compared with the ASX 100. And to get his full part of that 50% of his bonus, Qantas would have to have a TSR better than 75% of the ASX 100. The other 50% is based upon a comparison with international airlines. Ones that are very similar to Qantas, not government-owned ones. Again, so the criteria seems fine. We don't like the three years. We don't like so we don't like some of the way that a, a TSR. If you're only average, you just get fifty percent of that bonus. We don't like that. But in these circumstances, we're going to go for it because Qantas needs it at the moment. So incentives may help. Hopefully. 
Are there any other questions that um, you'll be asking at the meeting? Uh, look, we'll be, you know, it depends on what's going to be said at the meeting. You know, that is always the case with an AGM. This time it becomes even more so because until we're there, until we hear what progress is being made on a whole variety of different areas. Because one of the controversial things that, I don't know if it's a controversial, the media has considered it to be controversial. Qantas is is looking at moving its headquarters. There has been a lot of thought, well, that's really just a game to try and get some subsidies from various state governments, which it probably is in part. Same time, they spend $40 million a year on property. They don't need a lot of it. They have a huge campus and mascot, and at the moment, they're only occupying a small portion of it. So they don't really need it. So it's going to be interesting to find out what is happening as far as the property, what is happening with the ground crew and the 2,500 staff there, really what is happening. Some of it they'll tell us, and some we're going to have to ask questions to find out the answers to. ASA members like to feel good about um, the companies that they're investing in. Is Qantas a company that most members would feel good about investing in, considering the, the amount of staff cuts that have happened? Look, I think that you can feel good in that it seems to be a company that is trying hard. Um, they're trying to do the right thing. It's been horrible, all the staff who've lost jobs, but it's, it's not like other people haven't been taking some pain. They're trying hard. So they're good in that respect. Yeah, look, I think you can feel as good about what they're trying to do as you can with any other company. So usually one of the greatest problems with airlines making money is fuel. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, that wasn't a factor this year. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of their cost savings that they had. Just, yeah. It just happens to be nothing. It's amazing, isn't it, how much Qantas's profitability is affected by the price of fuel? Oh, it's huge. Mm. Um, all, all during the year, they go and are doing forward buying. Of fuel because the cost of fuel with an airline often is the difference between making a profit and making a loss. Of course, this year has been very different because even though fuel is very cheap, they haven't been using a lot of it. So the costs in that area are, are not significant compared to most years. One of the other interesting things with Qantas, and it really became noticeable last year, but and again this year, is the success of the loyalty program. Those Qantas loyalty that we all know and we all go and get our points, that's one of the most profitable parts of the business. In last year, in 2019, loyalty made more money than Jetstar did. This year, of course, it made more money than virtually everyone, but that's because no one was making money. So yeah, it's, it is a, one of the things we don't think about with airlines. We all love those points and Qantas loves them too. Is that to do also with their selling of insurance products? Is that via that as well? Yeah, they, they, what they have done, and it's a smart thing, because they had all the Qantas members that they were communicating with all the time. So they started to bring in programs, what, what's called white label. So they've had uh, life insurance. They've had health insurance. I think they've, they've had something else. I think, I think they may have a credit card now. So what they're doing is they're, they're going, and, and it's a good marketing ploy, they're going and building upon that audience that they have. The email database have. that they've got via the yeah. so you got, program. You, yeah, so you, you, you got a relationship. And so you're going and adding other services to that. 
So it's a smart deal. That's making money nowhere near the bulk of it yet. But it grows all the time, these other affiliate programs, yeah. Well, let's talk about capital raising and the placement capacity refresh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, which is something that no one can understand. Basically, a company can go and raise money, and companies raise money by either by borrowing, and if they're not borrowing money, they're going and creating more shares. So a company can create up to 15% of its existing share capital without talking to the, the shareholders. If you want to do more than 15%, or if you think you may want to do more than 15%, a lot of times you go to the shareholders in advance and say, give us permission in case we go over. We don't like voting in on favor of those because we think, yes, you should wait. In a situation like Qantas, where it's very likely they're going to have to go and get more money, and who knows how they're going to get that money, it seems it, it doesn't seem right to go and vote against it. So we're voting for it. Um, and, you know, hopefully it's not going to be required. But if it is, um, yeah, we've, we think that shareholders should give them permission to do that. And uh, shareholders um, will have a crack at getting some as well, even though it's a non-patriot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even, even though the capital raising they did a few months ago, even though it wasn't a patriot, there still was a, a, a good slice for retail shareholders. Very few retail shareholders take, took it up because they were afraid of, of Qantas. At the time they rose money, they didn't know what was going to happen with Qantas, so they didn't come into it. I mean... Retail shareholders are their own worst enemies in capital raising across the board. I mean, frequently you'll see a capital raising, and on the day that the capital raising ends, the the, the share price is 10%, 15% higher than you're paying. But less than 50% of retail shareholders bought shares. It's like, why? You're getting free money. Alan Golden, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it.